Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Have you ever tried to believe Jesus for a miracle in your life or someone else's? Have you not found it extremely difficult to believe at times? Let's open our Bibles now to Luke chapter 1 and see what the Lord has for us in this miraculous story with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Well, good afternoon, Merry Christmas, and welcome to another teaching. It's Friday, uh, December 18th. Uh, Christmas is one week from today, is Christmas Day, so hopefully everyone's doing well and remembering Jesus and really all that his birth uh, really means to us. It's everything. Without Jesus, there is no meaning in life. There is no purpose in life. Uh, there really is no life. You remember Jesus in, in John 14 uh, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. He is everything. There is no, there is no purpose or meaning or substance. There's no sense. There's no worth. Everything hinges on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, um, today we're going to be discussing Luke 1. It's a teaching, you know, it's, uh, it's wound around the Christmas story. It's, uh, um, it's in the same chapter where an angel appears to Mary and uh, tells her that, you know, she is going to gonna carry and bear the Savior. But uh, this is... Uh, these are some interesting verses in Scripture that, that often get little attention. And since it's right here in the Christmas story, we're going to go ahead and talk about it. It's, um, it's Luke 1, for those who are following, verses 5 to 25. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. We're going to pray and we're going to invite the Lord into our time. And then we'll get right into it. Well, Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. Father, we thank you most of all for, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came and gave his life for us. And uh, we just love you, Jesus, and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word we commit this time into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's a lot of verses. You know, normally we do less verses in this, but we'll, we'll go through it, you know, somewhat briskly. So I'll go ahead and read it and then we will we'll get right into it. Verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, 
and they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. and He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We had done this in Bible study yesterday, yesterday morning uh, with the Kingdom Discipleship leaders. Um, Stephen led us yesterday, did a, did a good job in, uh, in facilitating the Bible study and, uh, and just uh, bringing out the points that are in the scripture for us to, to really consider and apply to our own lives. So thank you, Stephen. I also actually went over this yesterday afternoon with, uh, with my cousin Leah and, uh, you know, her and I, was, you know, walk through some of it. And, uh, and that actually, you know, helps me when I do these teachings, I'll, I'll go over them in several several different ways with several different people at several different times before I come and, and do this recording. And so her and I talked about several of these verses and, uh, you know, we really enjoyed our time and, uh, it was helpful to me. So, so thank you, cousin. All right, let's get rolling. Verse five, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron, 
Verse 6, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. 7, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. So you see that, that Zechariah and his, his wife Elizabeth, they're both um, a part of the priesthood. And what's interesting is that it speaks to, first thing it speaks to, after it just gives us the details of, you know, uh, what division they belong to and that they are a part of the priesthood because they're descendants of Aaron, it immediately speaks to their character. Because if you, if you recall, Gabriel's going to come to Zechariah and he's going to explain to Zechariah that he's going to have a son that's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. It says in, in verse 15, and it talks about these incredible things that uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth's son John will accomplish. Verse 16, many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. Um, verse 17, he'll go on before the Lord. And, and uh, if you recall, John the Baptist, the, the child of Zechariah and Elizabeth that the angels said would come, actually did have his ministry to prepare the way for Jesus to go forward. And this child is going to be spoken of by Jesus when he grows up. He's like six months older than Jesus, right? And they're going to be cousins. So John the Baptist, you know, is going to be related to Jesus. And, you know, which is to say that they're in the same family. They would have spent time together. And later on in the scriptures, when, when they're both adults, Jesus is going to say tremendous things about John. Maybe the greatest thing ever said about anybody. Jesus is going to say of this man, John the Baptist the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, Jesus makes the comment that of those born of women, there has never been one greater than John the Baptist. So you think about all the incredible men and women of God in the Bible. Jesus said none have been better or greater than this man. And that's quite a statement that really speaks tremendously to the character of John the Baptist. Because... You know, we, we ask ourselves why, verse 7, they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And now they're, they're getting old. They can be between 60 and 70 years old. You know, why would the Lord have such a, a righteous couple? Why does he have them to, to go through this, this time? Because you, you remember Elizabeth says, you know, when she's pregnant, that the Lord has taken away my disgrace that, that all, she, all she ever wanted was children in so many ways, but she never got what she wanted. But look at verse 6. Both of them. You notice it just doesn't say the man. Okay? Um, it doesn't say that Zechariah was upright in the sight of God. It says both of them. As, as men and women... And, and, and those of us that are married, um, we both, are hus as husbands and wives and as spouses, we both need to be really pursuing our relationship with Jesus. 
and our devotional life with Jesus. We need to be growing in our relationship with Jesus and in obeying Jesus. We did a, uh, before I came here to record, I, my wife and I were meeting with, uh, with two young couples, good, solid young men of God, Ian and Ben. And, uh, and, and in these relationships, it was the young women of God that are, that are even more zealous for Jesus Christ, Peyton and Chloe. And we were doing a, we did a Bible study with them before we came here. And we're talking about the necessity of, of obeying Jesus and, and growing to know Jesus and being devoted to Jesus. Look at verse six. Both of them were upright in the sight of God. Uh, not just Zechariah. And in this case, again, these are, these are fine, good, young Christian men. But in this case, the young Christian women are at this point even more focused than they are. Now, these guys are going to get to working, Ben and Ian, so that uh, it's not going to stay that way, right? You're going you're to start running after Jesus more zealously and being more devoted. Um, and like I said, these, these, these young men are fine young Christian men. It just happens that these young women are just, are, I mean, are all up into Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, and so again, it, it is noteworthy that it doesn't just talk that the man was righteous. There is no two standards in Christianity. Okay. There's not a junior Holy Spirit, right? Peyton, we're all called the same way. Whether you're a man or woman, you're called to grow to know Jesus, grow to obey Jesus. You know, sometimes we, you know, as ministers can, can encourage men and women in different ways and, and it's wrong. Okay. I understand we have different feelings and emotions and all that stuff. And maybe I don't understand that that well, but nonetheless, the word of God is the word of God, whether you're a man or a woman and whether you're teaching men or women, we ought to be teaching the scriptures and having exhorting men and women alike to grow to know Jesus um, more and more and more and more. There are no two standards. I believe it's Galatians 3.28 says that in Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, barbarian, Scythian, male or female, but, but all are Christ. So there is, there are no two standards in Christ. We're all called to be growing, maturing disciples of Jesus Christ. And verse six points out both of them, Zechariah and Elizabeth were upright in the sight of God. What does that mean? Upright in the sight of God. Well, first of all, in the sight of God, our heavenly father sees everything. He sees everything we do all the time. And that's a sobering point. It should be a sobering point to us. Everything we do, our heavenly father sees what we're doing. And it says they were upright, which simply means they did what was right. They had a lifestyle of doing what was right because they knew that God the Father is watching, that Jesus is watching, that the Holy Spirit is here with us. And this is an example to us. This couple is an example to all of us. Whether you're, you know, male or female, if you're married, you ought to be like Zechariah and Elizabeth. Could it be said of you today? in your spouse, that both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. 
all the Lord's commandments, that simply means they obeyed the word of God. They obeyed their Bible in every way that it's said to do. Could that be said of you and your spouse? If not, and certainly I know myself and my spouse may, you know, we have some room to grow. Um, that we are not at the place of this couple. But I would like to be, and I believe she would like us to be. Father, I do ask you to help us today. Help us to be, to be Christians who have a heart to truly be upright in your sight, Father, and to obey your word more and more and more and more. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, you know, you would think that, that people that were so obedient, you would think that people, these two people that it says were so God-fearing and obedient to the word of God wouldn't have any problems, but it says they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. They were both well along in years. And the implication there is that that time has passed. That ship has sailed, Leah, right? No more. Ain't happening. But then we go to verse 8. Once, and there'll be that once in your life. If you love Jesus, if you'll walk with Jesus, Chloe, there'll be that once when Chloe, once when Peyton, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, verse 9, he was chosen by lot. Look at there. That's like flipping a coin. According to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Verse 10, and when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So everybody's doing the deal. Uh, this was a, you know, this was a, a thing they did routinely. Um, we got the worshipers outside. The lot falls to him, and everyone's doing their job, and this whole religious ceremony, right? Verse 11. This never happened to me, Leah. Has this happened to you? Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. <laughs> What does that mean? Gripped with fear. That means he was so afraid. <laughs> when you see Archangel Gabriel, it's not just an everyday cavalier experience, Scott. You could die. This is not a normal experience. I have, to my understanding, never seen an angel. I believe that they've been around me in my life by the mercy of my, my heavenly father and my Lord Jesus. Angels are, are here to help us, but they're not visible creatures. But here, people can see the angel. I'm sorry, not people. Um, I was thinking, every year I listen to uh, Charles Dickens' A, A Christmas Carol. If you just go into your phone and go into your podcast, whether it's Apple or Google or whatever you use and type a Christmas carol, you'll see free versions of it there. There's this, uh, this one with a really good old English reader 
And again, it's only a two and a half hour book. It's five staves, they call S-T-A-V-E, stave one, stave two. Um, but in stave one, Marley's ghost appears to, to Scrooge and Scrooge can see him. And Marley says, I know not how you can perceive me in your natural senses, for I have stood at your side many a time. And, and so I would recommend that book, by the way. It's a, it's a very, very Christian book, and it really does stir you up to, uh, me at least, it stirs up to want to just to do, do more good. You know, now I've said this before. You're not saved. You don't go to heaven by any good that you do. Uh, you do good because you love Jesus and you want to bear fruit for him and you want to spend your life helping others and being a blessing to others. And that's certainly what the, the book A Christmas Carol is about. And many of you have seen different movies of Scrooge and all that. But none of this saves us. We don't get to heaven by any of this. Okay? You are saved by putting your full trust, confidence, and faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross, on your behalf, and in your place. The Bible says we all have a sin debt to God. We all have sinned so many times that we've accumulated this sin debt. And that debt has to be paid. And there's only two ways it can be paid. You'll either put your full trust and confidence in Jesus. You'll pray, literally praying and calling on him, saying, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith, trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. You're trusting in him. You believe in him, but you're also relying on him for the forgiveness of your sins, knowing that he died on the cross in your place. And then when you believe that, you, you, know, you trust in that, you pray to him and ask him to come into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm relying on you and you alone to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. You call out to Jesus and your sin debt will be paid. All of your sin, past, present, and future, will be credited to Jesus at the cross and the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived, will be credited to you. I was going over this yesterday with my cousin Leah, and we both agreed that that's quite the exchange. Quite a deal there, right? My sinful, disgusting life credited to Jesus at the cross and his perfect, wonderful, sinless life credited to me. That exchange is really the heart of the Christian gospel. The perfect, righteous life of Jesus for my completely sinful life. And that's just an amazing thing. It's an amazing act of love that Jesus would live a perfect life for me and then offer to exchange it for my terrible life if I would put my faith and trust in him and ask him to come into my heart. Now, if you will do that, all of your sin debt, all of your sin and the debt you have of sin will be paid by Jesus at the cross. Your sin debt will be satisfied and you'll be righteous before God. He'll see you 
God the Father will see you in the same righteous way he does Jesus, believe it or not. That's amazing. And you will go to heaven when you die, righteous as Christ. Just remarkable. You'll go to heaven sinless. There is one other way to have your sin debt paid, and that is to spend eternity in hell paying for it yourself. Or it just keeps bearing interest and never gets paid off. So if you haven't called on Jesus, then do it today. Pray as sincerely as you can, as we've just said, and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Proclaim your trust and reliance in him. Ask him to come into your heart, to be your Lord and Savior. And proclaim your faith and trust and reliance in him alone. Now, once you've done that, you're a Christian. You've become a Christian. You're saved. You'll go to heaven when you die. Now you want to spend the rest of your life in devotion to Jesus and bearing fruit to Jesus and living for Jesus out of true thankfulness of all that he's done for you. But keep in mind, none of that helps save you. There are angels everywhere helping and serving Christians, um, but we rarely ever see them. Uh, matter of fact, no one ever I've ever heard of have seen one. Okay, but it's it's interesting that whenever an angel appears in the Bible, it's it's not a it's not just an everyday experience. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Okay, he, he's never had such fear. We always see the same thing, whether it's with Jesus or when it's an angel. Verse thirteen. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. An angel always is having to tell anyone they appear to, don't be afraid. I'm not going to destroy you. I'm not going to unmake you. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. Apparently, um, Zechariah and Elizabeth were praying people. Your prayer has been heard. How much time do you spend in prayer every day? Do you spend time in prayer every day that it could be said of you? Your, your prayer, your prayer has been heard, Leah. Your prayer has been heard, Ireland. Your prayer has been heard, Chloe. Your prayer has been heard, Ben. We were talking about that today, Ian, about talking about prayer, right? Look at this. Apparently the Lord hears your prayers, Ian, because it says in verse 13, your prayer has been heard. The Lord does hear our prayers. Sometimes it may, may seem like he hasn't. Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, they could have been married 40, 50 years. Been praying for a child probably the whole time. Sometimes I don't understand the Lord's timing in things. And you're going to see that uh, Zechariah doesn't either. The angel Gabriel is going to come. And he tells John, you don't have to be afraid. The Lord has heard your prayer. 
Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you are to give him the name John. I mean, the angel's even given specifics. All the while, Zechariah is listening to this and is like, this just, you know, I don't know if you know this, but my wife and I are past that time. Um, you might have showed up about 30, 40 years ago, even 20 years ago, maybe, but we're, we're, we're past that time. Well along in years, <laughs> you know, I'm going to start referring to my wife as well along in years, but she she probably wouldn't appreciate that. Um, so the angel's just going to keep rolling. Okay. He gives him specifics. You are going to have a son and he even tells him what to name him. John verse 14 tells him the kind of man, what, what, what this boy will be. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's a speech. The angel just says, that your son, Zechariah, who you're going to name John. Um, my name is John, by the way, for those of you who don't know, but I'm, I'm not this John. This is John the Baptist. Okay. Jesus said, never been a better man than this. And that's not to be confused with John the Apostle, who was one of Jesus's 12 disciples, one of Jesus's 12 apostles, right? And it's certainly not to be confused with myself or any other John walking around today. Um, pretty old name, though, because this is 2,000 years old. So he gives him the name to name him. You are to give him the name John. And then he just, the angel just, you normally don't hear an angel talk this much. These are a lot of words. An immense amount of specifics. He goes on to tell him that, that, that your son, Zechariah, will be great in the sight of the Lord. I mean, who's ever heard such things, right? Verse 15, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. Remember, the sight of the Lord. He, he will have a life so devoted to Jesus that, it, that the Lord will call it great. He's not ever allowed to drink alcohol. Verse 16, wouldn't it be nice if, if, if we could say this? Many of the people of Israel will he, will he bring back to the Lord their God. We ought to have a heart as Christians to bring many of the people of the nations back to the heart of the Lord our God, Jesus Christ. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and what he's saying here is, you know, uh, John the Baptist, and again, Jesus walked the earth a very similar time. John the Baptist died about a year and a half, two years before Jesus. He was killed. He was beheaded for his, for his testimony of the truth. But he did proclaim that the Savior was coming, that the Messiah was coming. The long-awaited Messiah was coming. And this is the famous John the Baptist that was prophesied 
and Malachi in the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament. And the angel repeats what Malachi says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he preached and announced that, that the Savior is coming, the Messiah is coming. John the Baptist said, I am not worthy to tie the sandals of Jesus or untie them. Anyway, the angel, as you can see, speaks of John the Baptist, the son that, that Elizabeth will bear and give to Zechariah, their son, in the most profound ways. It's the most incredible testimony. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, the angel's giving the word of God here. Understand when the angel's speaking, he's giving Zechariah the word of God. And sometimes, man, you know, sometimes we read our Bible and we don't get it. We don't get how just how magnificent is this really is. Because look what Zechariah says. He listens to the angel give this incredible blessing. Verse 18. And he says, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now, this is off-putting to Gabriel, the angel, archangel, right? Um, it, instead of just listening to all that and saying, hallelujah, praise Jesus, thank you, Lord, I can't wait. And aren't we like this? Why is it so hard to believe the word of God? This man is righteous. He lives for the Lord. He obeys the word of God. And finally, his lifelong dream comes true, but he's like, I don't know if you don't notice, Gabriel, maybe don't, you know, I don't know if you know how this works, but, you know, I'm like 65, my wife like 65, 70 years old, we're kind of past that time, so I don't even know what you're saying. You, you see what I mean? Uh, we don't know exactly how old they were, right? But my, my wife is well along in years, meaning she's closer to dying age than she is baby age. It almost seems like a legitimate question to most of us, right? Now, what we said, Leah, it's an understandable question. Now, it's not. We're going to see. It's not an understandable question. Verse 19, the angel answered, I am Gabriel. <laughs> the ground might have shook when he said that. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Okay, that's verse 19. You know, Gabriel's just kind of blinking because he, because he, remember, angels and demons are not omniscient. They're not all knowing. And Zechariah just, just doubted everything he said. And Gabriel said, no, first three words, I am Gabriel, archangel of God. You know, you know, like archangel Michael and uh, before the devil fell was Archangel Lucifer. This is Archangel Gabriel, like a uh, 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 being so powerful there are no words. He said, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. But look at the verse 20. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. He said, Zechariah, 
I've delivered to you the word of God. Since you don't believe it, you don't need to talk no more. As a matter of fact, you're not going to speak for what? Nine months is it? Is that how that works? Melanie, Jordan. I think that's nine months, right? At least because she's not pregnant yet, right? And now you will be silent. The discipline seems a little heavy handed, doesn't it? But what did we say yesterday? We talked about accountability. We went through this and, uh, you know, we were just, uh, Stephen was talking a lot about these verses, this particular verse, because it's, it's, uh, it's heavy. Uh, the guy does everything right, right? It says he observes the word of God blamelessly, but he lacks faith here for what seems to be understandable reasons, right? I mean, you know, again, when a lady is closer to dying age than childbearing age, it's my understanding that the whole baby having time has well passed, right? And again, he himself says, I'm an old man, so he doesn't believe that he, he can even make a baby, but my wife is well along in years, it's, it's never been heard of. So you would have thought the angel would have said, Zechariah, I, I understand it's hard to believe. And, you know, you know, we all sometimes can have a hard time. That's what we would have all said as pastors, right? I do this all the time. You know, I, I understand it's hard to believe the word of God. And, you know, we, we try to be nice and we console people and we try to, we try to be understanding. Not this angel. Nope. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And since you didn't believe me, you don't need to talk no more. Now, there might be a blessing in the world if when we made mistakes, we couldn't talk no more for nine months. There'd be a whole lot less talking going on, wouldn't there? Well, imagine if this was the, the ramifications to all of us. You know, we might be a more obedient church if this was the way things were handled in our life, right? And I got to say, things, you know, can you imagine? There's some people in your life. And there's most of the people that are in my life would be like, man, if when John made a mistake, he couldn't talk for nine months, boy, that would, that might help us a lot. John meaning me. That's my name. I mean, the discipline is swift. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. We see they're unable to speak three times. Shut it down. You don't want to believe the word of God, Zechariah. You don't need to talk. Because you see, the only reason we have to talk is to talk about the word of God, y'all. What else do you got to say? Everything else we say is almost nonsense. <laughs> Zechariah did not believe the word of God. It was hard to believe, right? It doesn't even seem unreasonable to us. The angel's not playing. You know, sometimes we don't understand the consequences when we don't believe the word of God. 
Stephen. Hmm. Father, I do ask you to help us to believe your scriptures, Lord. Lord, I don't know in, in what ways discipline has come to me because I didn't believe the word of God or I questioned the word of God. And even today, even often, I'll question the your ways. And, you know, I, I, I don't appreciate the different, you know, sufferings and difficulties that come into my life, Lord. And I ask you to forgive us, Lord. We know that you know what's best. Lord, we know that you're in control of our lives. So, Jesus, we do just love you and thank you. We thank you that you're merciful to us, Lord. Lord, we confess that if, Lord, if every time we didn't believe the word of God, we, we couldn't speak for nine months, we, we wouldn't be a speaking people. So we do ask you to give us ears to hear and eyes that see that we might better hear your word Believe your word and obey your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. You notice Zechariah had to keep working. That's verse 23. He didn't stop. Can't talk, but he's going he's to keep. He's going to keep doing the work that the Lord had given him to do. Can't speak. But he kept doing his job. Whatever the Lord brings us through today. There's difficulties in our lives. Let's continue to do what we've been called to do by Jesus. Sometimes there are seasons where that's harder. It appears this one will be around nine months. As a side note, when verse 24, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. So uh, he still had to do his part. Right. Meaning he, he didn't believe it, but he went home and he had intimacy with his wife and they were able to do it, apparently. And it did result in a pregnancy. A miracle. Thank you, Jesus. This is not the same as when Mary. Was made pregnant by God. OK, God himself. The father made Mary pregnant. He spoke and she was pregnant with Jesus. They actually went home and conceived a child together at an extremely advanced age or whatever Zechariah is calling his wife. He said, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. That's not something you want to refer to your spouse as. Okay, I know it's in the Bible. But don't refer to your wife as well along in years. Mine wouldn't appreciate it. My wife is well along in years. Yeah, she wouldn't like it. Um, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The word of God came to pass. He didn't believe it, but it happened. And that's a mercy to us. That is a mercy to us, you know, because sometimes we have a hard time believing the word of God. But it does come to pass and it will always come to pass in our lives. And if we'll believe it and live by it, we won't have to have the discipline like our mouth being shut for nine months. Verse 25, the Lord has done this for me, she said. When the blessing finally comes, when the huge blessing comes, now, you notice she can keep talking. 
Her husband can't talk no more, but Elizabeth can talk. She knows the Lord has done this for me. When the blessing comes into your life, are you like Elizabeth? Do you proclaim the Lord has done this for me? Do you do that, sweetheart? May, do you say the Lord has done this for me? When the blessing comes, whatever it is, it can be anywhere. Give glory to Jesus. When good things happen, when blessings from the Lord come, the Lord has done this for me. Thank you, Lord. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. You could see that to her, to have not having children to her was, was, a, was a shameful thing, a disgraceful thing. Now, that's how the Lord had it. It wasn't taking a disgrace away among the Lord. But she says, taken away my disgrace among my disgrace among the people. Because it was really important to have children. Um, you're, you're not any more blessed or unblessed whether you have children. Okay? Children are a blessing from the Lord, the scripture says. But if you don't have children, then then, then you ought to be living your lives under the Lord. All the more because you don't have the responsibility of children. And if you do have children, you still ought to be living your lives under the Lord and helping your children do it as well. It's an amazing story. Again, it's, it's not one that we've talked about before. I hadn't, I hadn't taught through it before. So, well, golly, well, Father, we do thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for your, your favor and your grace. We thank you for your love. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for... Jesus, we thank you for becoming a, a human child for us, a baby for us, and then for growing up and living a perfect life for us. And then, Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying a perfect death for us. And we thank you that you are risen and alive. And we just praise you and worship you and thank you, Lord. Lord, we do ask you to help us one and all to be upright in your sight, to do what's right, to live a righteous life and to obey your word. And forgive us, Lord, where we, where we so easily don't believe the word of God in much easier situations than Zechariah's. Father, we thank you for this child that was born, John the Baptist, and the man of God he went on to be, and how he did do the work you gave him to do. And I ask you, Lord, to, to help each one of us to do the work you've called us to do. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.